Hello, and welcome to our podcast. We want to teach you stuff and make you laugh and also turn you on. I'm Sleeping Girl. I'm Cece. And we're the two hip chicks. So let's take a shot and get this show on the road. Hey, everybody. Today we are drinking wine, as usual. (laughs) It is like three o'clock in the afternoon. Not even. And we're drinking wine. And we're drinking wine. Which is not as more (laughs) usual... Well, we have to record a podcast, and it's best when we have, like, well, a little bit to drink, so... And I asked Sleeping Girl, I'm like, so have we ever actually done a podcast sober? And I think... And she thinks no. Well, I think the answer is not both of us sober at the same yes. time. Yes. Yes. We've done one or either of us, you know. So now we're drinking wine at two o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. That's what happens. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of day drinking, but, you know, I love it, actually. I don't do it very often. Just to be fair. But All right, so let's 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 toast. What are you drinking? I'm drinking my usual red cab big sipper. You you have do you I have, actually I you have, have a new one. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, the box is over there. We can't see it. And this is basically alcoholic juice. Yeah. But it's barefoot Moscato. Moscato. It's so sweet. Too sweet. I'm not going to lie. It's really sweet. (laughs) But it's also delicious. Yeah. You're you're definitely a sweet white wine person. All right. Cheers to good podcast. Yum. Probably wasn't supposed to have a whole glass of wine. Mm. But again, alcoholic juice. Alcoholic juice. All right. Well, let's get this show on the road. Hi, everybody. Uh, wait, shit. Hi, I'm Sleeping Girl. <laughs> Yay, you've had enough wine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I'm Cece. <laughs> this is the Two of Chicks podcast. Two of Chicks where we <laughs> have a little bit to drink and we talk about hypnosis and kink stuff, um, stuff relating to us personally in our lives. Um, this podcast is not safe for work. And please don't listen to it while you're driving. Um, We're we- operating heavy machinery. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> because we do trans during this podcast, we usually clearly mark it at the end. There might be hypnotic language in the way throughout. that we talk throughout. Um, I can't help it. But we'll be demonstrating stuff. Um, let's see. So today we are actually going to just sort of have like a interesting little conversation about like myths and myths. Myth- We're myth busters. Mi- misconceptions. Oh, misconceptions. Yes. That's a book. Myth. Oh, myth conceptions is a book. Sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we I was thinking like, you know, it might be interesting to like have a conversation um about like how each of us had to grow and get over certain things that like we personally had as yeah. like stuff that we had to like learn unlearn or or like learn that was wrong or something learned yeah, differently. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I'm sure we'll get into stuff that's more generalized. Like there's yeah. a lot of stuff and I do want to quickly plug, um, you know, my friend Gl- Gleeful Abandon and I did a little myth zine mm-hmm. a while back, and I'll put a link to that because that talks about some of the things that, you know, we've seen in the community that we see are, like, persisting myths mm-hmm. that people kind of keep hanging on to that don't make sense to yeah. us from our perspective. So, but that being said, um, it's... I kind of want to talk a little bit about how, like, there are so many myths and misconceptions in the community. Um, Are there? Yeah. 
at least from my point of view. Right. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there isn't like a standardized practice for hypnosis mm. and there isn't like a real way to do things or like a single way to do things. I see. And like people's perspectives of hypnosis comes from so many different angles and so many different people and teachers and, and things that get like perpetuated through, you know, hypnokink in particular, sure. but also in hypnotherapy, there's certain ideas and, and stage hypnosis, recreational, street hypnosis, whatever. Um, and so, like, just sort of keep in mind, like, my number one tip for people is, like, when you learn something, it's really important to not just learn what the basic, like, concept of the thing is, but also where it came from and why it the why Can't, like why it came up in the first place you know um yeah so i guess that's... well something even uh sleeping girl and i were talking about on a totally non-hypnosis um topic earlier this week is the concept of we have google now like oh, yeah. it's amazing we mm-hmm. have a resource so if you learn something do some research on it like why not you know absolutely and like hypnosis gets really complicated because you can google something and you'll get a million different answers of of where it came from why it is that way you know what the source is what the quote-unquote truth is or whatever sure especially with hypnosis my god it is (laughs) it is really difficult to sort through all the stuff and figure out what's quote-unquote right versus quote-unquote wrong you know um, and largely, I think it has a lot to do with, like, figuring out what works and what makes sense and being For able you. to write exactly in, yeah. in your own practice and, mm-hmm. like, what makes sense on a, on a logical and critical level is sure. the way that I approach a lot of things, you know. Um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that. But I want to start with you, as we often do, <laughs> as I often shift the focus off of myself. <laughs> I was literally just, like, waiting to put it on you at the very beginning. Yeah. And then I just lost track of what my plan was, which happens. So, Cece, (laughs) you've been doing hypnosis now as a subject for six or or seven years, probably. Seven years, maybe? How long have we been together? Seven or eight. What are you talking about? No, no. It must have been... It must be six or seven, because... Why? We've been together for about seven years, and it took us a little while to get into it, you know. Oh. Did it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it did. Um, so... Sleeping Girl might be gaslighting me right now. I'm not. I actually have no idea. (laughs) So it must be working Mm -hmm. if she's doing it. So what were some of the things... (laughs) What were some of the things that, like... Well, there's one. You, as a subject, had to sort of work through things that you thought were true at the beginning maybe you have a different perspective on them now well i mean actually i just brought one up which one if you know it's happening okay so this is this is the myth okay okay if you know it's happening then it won't work ah yeah that's a good one yeah that's a good one i just thought of it because of the you know gaslighting yeah because you're (laughs) gaslighting me right now i'm not i know we've been together forever and Uh. uh Clearly, you're trying to minimize it to seven years. Yeah. Who's gaslighting who at this point? (laughs) That might be a good question. (laughs) Relationships, romance, and gaslighting. Oh, that's beautiful. That should be a book. Maybe that could be your third book. Sure, right, fine, whatever. It'll be a romance novel. Yeah. 
Um, I'd read it. So, so the idea that so you had this idea where um, oh totally if you, if you knew what was happening or especially I remember you used to talk about like oh I don't want to see behind the curtain because yeah. it's going to ruin it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I remember that too. That's that's no, good. I remember good job. that I said that a while back. <laughs> I don't say that anymore. No. So what changed? Uh, I mean, with our dynamic in particular, I always, I mean, okay, that's not true. I, a lot of times, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> there's a lot of times where I know exactly what you're doing. Right. And there's no doubt in my mind it's going to work. Right. If anything, almost sometimes. It's kind of fun, right? Better. Yeah. Because I know exactly what the expectation is. Yes. So it's fascinating because um, the myth was actually like, like reversed. Yeah. Right. Like the, the reality was yeah. reversed. Um, it's, I would say it's, it's almost a, I guess I don't know for sure whether or not it's like a, a stronger, you know, mm-hmm. uh, suggestion, so to speak. Right. Or, or not, but I think a lot, there's no like, question in it. Yeah, for sure. And I like, for me, I I'm sure I dealt with that to some degree, especially as somebody who was, like, I was really interested in, like, covert or sneaky hypnosis and stuff. So yeah. it was, like, there was always this kind of, like, well, I want to do sneaky, like, I want to be sneakily hypnotized, but if I catch it, it's not really the thing or whatever. Yeah. But but I think a lot about, like, how it's kind of fun to be able to to understand that oh my gosh Mm. you know I'm being manipulated right now or like yeah you know I know what you're doing to me and I think even understanding the background of how things work can really add to things yeah like we talk about hypnosis theory all the time and Mm -hmm. I may even use those conversations as an opportunity to like fuck with you you know right like and so that becomes this kind of fun bonding thing right well and (laughs) super hot right I mean like yeah why not and and it's like having stuff happen to you that you don't understand is really fun but also mm-hmm. i think a lot of times the the kind of like punchy moment of all of it is when you like finally realize what's when you going figure on it out. Yeah. so like that's an aspect of all of that kind of hypnosis stuff you know in my opinion and in my experience and stuff and one of the other things that i think about in that kind of like realm is uh-huh. i like to tell subjects a lot like especially people who are new um it's it's super super important that everybody who's doing hypnosis whether you're the hypnotist or the subject or whatever yeah you have you start to learn about how things work oh yeah um and that's important like not only from a negotiation point of view and like an informed consent kind of way but Mm -hmm. also like just being more well informed allows you to have more involved conversations about things and like um, sure. gives you a more can can absolutely give you a like cooler understanding of what's happening and stuff and it helps things you know smooth out and work and everything uh-huh. at least in my experience that's been the case and the case with you and stuff, yeah so yeah no absolutely which I just totally did not think yeah when I first yeah first got in um to hypnosis um I guess Another myth. Thinking of more. I've, well, I've also, I've said this one on the podcast. I know I have. Yeah. Where, 
when I first uh, got into hypnosis, I was having a hard time because I was um, a submissive and a slave and everything in my in my life before mm -hmm. I met uh, Sleeping Girl and then, you know, and with Sleeping Girl um, a little on, or like a little later. Um, and so I was having a hard time understanding is the hypnosis the thing that's making me do it or is it my submissive nature that I just want to please and serve her? Right. Um, and so in the end, it just kind of came down to it doesn't matter. And then there's definitely been moments here and there where it just absolutely feels like I had like kind of no say in it. Right. Yeah. Like it was it was absolutely just um, more magic, I guess, yeah. um, as opposed to something that very much in my head I decided to do kind of thing. Um, so, so I don't know. I just kind of got over that one, though. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't pinpoint exactly. Well, I remember, oh, shoot, I always tell the story of exactly pinpointing when I figured it out. We were in the car and, and we were driving, but I don't remember the story at all anymore. Well, there was the one, this, I mean, it might be the one where I was talking about, you know, the GPS being was dumb I doing or the something? GPS? Yeah, you were doing the GPS thing, oh, and then I was yeah. talking about you being dumb, or something like and that. And then I was just messing up. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was. It. I don't remember. No, that doesn't no. sound right. I don't remember exactly what it was. I know the oh. moment you're talking about. We'll have to. Some of it's our listeners probably I'm know. I'm sure it's back there. The story better than I do at this point. Yeah. Um. But there was there were some moments. There was there was more moments than that even. Um. Later on, where yeah, where it just seemed more obvious, I guess. Yeah, that it was um, the hypnosis versus my nature, right? And to me, that sort of like speaks to everybody has to go, like almost mm -hmm. everybody I know has to go through this thing where they're like unsure of, you know, um, how much of the hypnosis is actually hypnosis because it doesn't feel like automatic or it doesn't feel yeah. like they, they were forced into it or whatever. Right. Because that's like the common misconception is that it feels like it always is going to feel like you yeah. don't have control of your actions kind of thing. When in reality, that's, you know, I we talked about subject skills a couple mm -hmm. of podcasts ago. That's like one of those skills that has to be built up for somebody to be able to feel like they're detached from their own actions or whatever. Right. And this is actually one that I think comes from, at the very least, I've seen a lot of this in academic literature about hypnosis. Lots of studies and uh, are predicated on the idea that hypnosis feels uh, you, um, automatic. Hypnotic actions, mm. you don't have, you feel like you are not performing yourself. And a lot, a lot, a lot of literature when it's studying the nature of hypnosis is like, well, when the people are feeling they don't have control over it, maybe this is happening in the brain, maybe this yeah. is something that's going on. When, for me, that's um, largely not my... Um, I guess, opinion or perspective on how hypnosis works all the time. I think that's a separate aspect of hypnosis that, mm. that you can do and, and work with. Like, you hear a lot of anecdotal stories of people coming out of stage shows and they were like, well, I kind of felt like I was playing along. Um, and I think that's totally valid. Like, I think yeah. that's a completely normal experience of hypnosis. I think it probably takes some experience to be able to feel like 
you've lost control or whatever. And that actually is like a good um, yeah. segue into one of the myths that I had about <laughs> hypnosis. So like I've been thinking about hypnosis my entire life. Um, mm-hmm. And sure, when I was able, you know, when I was first trying to do research on the internet about it when I was very young, um, a lot of the I, I never quite went through the phase of like, oh, hypnosis is mind control based on what I see in media. I always assumed that was fake. I always assumed that was not the experience of, of hypnosis. Interesting. If hypnosis was real at all, in my opinion, you know, oh, if then, it was just a cartoon, like then it was just, or what was I was, just, yeah, what yeah. I was seeing was just a cartoon. But if hypnosis was real at all, that was probably not how it worked. And when I was reading about like, you know, stage hypnosis or hypnotherapy, yeah. again, at a young age was like, you know, everybody was saying, you know, hypnosis is not mind control. The first thing you have to tell people is that hypnosis is not like it is in TV. And I was like, okay, so I was kind of right about this. I guess hypnosis might be real. And I guess that the experience is not like mind control. Um, Interesting. And then I got older <laughs> and started doing hypnosis with partners, lo- you know, long-term partners uh-huh. and, and really, really getting into it and, you know, having really intense experiences where... I had to reevaluate and say maybe hypnosis actually is more similar to mind control than I thought Mm. Um, because there are lots of times when either I'm hypnotized or you're hypnotized and and there's this feeling and experience of like, oh, I really don't have control over my actions. Right. And that is that is by design. We set it up that way. Oh, sure. We want it to be that way. We absolutely want it to be that way. And so we can very, very easily approximate. maybe not easily but like at at this point easily we can approximate the feeling that you know there you don't have control over your head and you don't have control over the way that you behave because we've shifted the frame and the perspective and everything Mm -hmm. and done a lot of work that way and the same is true with like my my hypnotist partner Mr. Dream like this is a big aspect of what we seek and so those things are possible and that was something that Mm -hmm. I had to get over I mean even in the last three years or so I'd Mm. say like we start you and I started getting into sort of heavy duty brainwashing four years ago and then we were like holy shit this has a lot of potential right (laughs) and right but at the same time kind of based in psychology you know what do you mean well like conditioning and so forth like these are all psychological um things you know yeah I mean absolutely like that's a that's a part of hypnosis like right because hypnosis works on psychological principles that we it has to right like I mean you know and some that we don't obviously Um, right and like and yeah so that was like that was a big deal for me I remember I was having a conversation with people and I was like I, I feel weird saying this but the hypnosis is a mind control myth I feel like I had to (laughs) <laughs> shift my perspective on and I actually got a, like people experienced people who were like yeah I actually feel that you know and I think yeah. a, a lot of folks who are um, able to pursue long term or you know um, really involved kinds of hypnosis with partners might be able to or might have the a similar perspective that they are sort of reaching things that they never thought were possible mm. um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like what was I going to say? Um, but obviously hypnosis is not function, does not function like mind control that you see in movies, you know? Right. Which is basically what the, the whole, like when you, 
see a uh, stereotypical pre-talk or something. That's what you're trying to you're trying mm-hmm. to calm people down um, or or set expectations and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so then it sort of comes down more to the conversation of like, well, you know, if someone there's there's some people who would be scared of hypnosis acting like TV mind control, and then there's some people who would be disappointed that it doesn't. Right. And so you That's have fair. to you have That's to deal fair. with both of those perspectives. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a a reasonable way to talk about it because there's like obviously nuanced things about consent and stuff like that, which I don't super think we have time to get into. No, we don't talk about consent on the podcast. Well, I mean, we no, <laughs> we <laughs> we sort of do, just not in de- in depth, um, but. But yeah, so that was a thing. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if I totally agree with your opinion on that. What do you mean? About about hypnosis being more and more like mind control than... Um, I mean, I guess I don't know what you originally thought, I suppose. That's fair to say. I mean, basically, my like my original thought was that it was... It was never going to feel like anything except playing along. Ah. Uh, so, so for oh, me, the the mind that's control. That's very different than what I thought you were saying. The mind control kind of <laughs> thing was all about like the subjective feeling of it. Like yes. I, I thought I was never yes. going to get the experience of like, oh my god, oh, someone's like controlling me. Oh, yeah. Understood. What did Absolutely. you? What did you think it was like that? What? What, what was, did I think you were saying? Yeah. That it was more mind control. I mean, like, but mind control's not real. Right. I thought you were saying it was. Well, I yeah. mean, you could make arguments that it's real. Because, like, mind control, again, is a nominalization. Did you not just say, but mind control's not real? And then you well, said but, like, you could make but, like, how do you, how do you define mind control? You have to, de- you have to be able to define totally mind agree. control. I, I do totally agree it's with what you're saying. <laughs> and, and I can always, you know, I can always argue both points sure. like, all the time in the same sentence. I think you could make a very strong argument that hypnosis is mind control by some definition. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> and a pretty accurate one too. Like if you think about like if you if you consider manipulation to be sort of mind control or yeah. brainwashing to be mind control then absolutely have, then it's already have, done. have fun defining words, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's one oh, of the big ones wow, for me. Oh, that's kind of sad that it's like as uh before you didn't think that you could feel that i know right that's actually a little sad well i had all these experiences with like i was listening to a lot of files and stuff when i was younger and they never they were they were purely like masturbation fodder for me like they they didn't do anything to me and i didn't i remember the first time i had an effect from something and i was like wow this is pretty cool but also i feel like i could break it if i wanted to Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and like now that i'm older and more experienced by a very significant amount Mm -hmm. uh i have had experiences where either i've done something where i feel like i couldn't break it or Uh i've had you do something where you felt like you couldn't you Mm -hmm. know break the suggestion or whatever and so yeah but anyway, yeah, no, no, that's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad we clarified though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. Do you have any Why more you that you can think of? Can I think of any more? Um, we literally talked about some earlier, and I can't remember any of them except the ones you already t- said. Yeah, but I mean, like, well, actually, no, we added one. So we've only talked about one of the ones I said. So no, there's obviously no, we others. talked about, like, three before. No, yeah, before. 
Yeah. I've literally talked about two. Yeah. And I added one. So we've only talked about one of the things I said earlier. Yeah. Um, which I just did math. I should probably drink more. Yeah. Every time you do math, you have to take a drink. <laughs> That's a pretty dangerous game. I mean, what are we going to do math? <laughs> if I was making you do math. Yeah, every time you did math, you had to take a drink. Well, if you were making me do math, yeah. That's That sounds fun, actually. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> if I ever get it right, I have to take a drink. <laughs> no, no, any math. Any any math. That's that's a, that's a fun induction, actually. Very easily. Because then, you're, cause then like, the person, like, at a certain point, the person can't help but do math because their brain gets into a thing. Anyways, I'm going to... This is so not fucking say, relevant. I will say, um, I also didn't quite understand the um, the ease, quite frankly, when it comes to um, conditioning. Ease? Like, yeah, the um, simplicity. I've always, yeah, because I've always kind of had the concept of Pavlov, right? Yeah. Or or um, the military, or you know, that sort of thing. Um, and it's long-term. It's very long-term. It's very, like, oh, do, yeah, do, do, yeah, broken yeah. down, yeah. and you have to break them down. And, do, do, do. and you can literally just be like, I mean, the hot water's going to are gonna taste great from right. now on. Right. And there you go. Right. And that's it. That's all it took. Right. And now hot water is still amazing um, every time I drink it, yeah. which is awesome because it's, it's, it's good for me. But... Um, it's just, I don't think I ever knew it was going to be quite that simplistic. Yeah. I mean, the example... Quick. Quick. The example is, like, <laughs> obviously part of that is hypnotic suggestion, too. Like, it's not just... Like, conditioning is, is kind of very specific, but, mm. but things... But you can do conditioning in a single instance of something. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be, like, long-term. But, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm sure I had a lot of stuff about conditioning. I definitely, like, before I was really heavily researching this stuff, thought there was, like, conditioning was a single word that, like, meant one thing. Oh, really? You know, as opposed to there being classical or operant conditioning. Oh, you know, which really? Two separate kinds. Wow. Okay. I, I have mean, a lot I of psychology I don't. I don't have a lot of psychology background. All the stuff that... I do. Almost all the stuff that I... <laughs> No, is from like research as an adult you know mm -hmm. like personal mm -hmm. research and stuff um no i even had yeah. psychology in uh, high school what else did i what else did i have um i was always very fascinated with it. i ha see the thing is like i have a lot there was so many things and and i've i've i don't know if i've talked about this before on the podcast but there's something i think about Ooh. a lot where like there's so much of hypnosis where you sort of like learn things when you're starting out and then mm. you almost have to like redefine everything that you've learned at a certain point because the stuff is either you didn't understand it in the context that it was yeah. given or like it was overly simplified because you didn't have a, a perspective for it of, of how hypnosis works or like I'm sorry I was what? just thinking that that's like math see <laughs> I what did I say Why? take a drink Why did you take do a drink that, though? <laughs> I told that. you it was fun. I told you it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you really need oh to work on your like delivery of certain things. No. I swear you do. No, I don't. I mean it works, 
But I think it could work better if you worked on your delivery. Now I'm going to make it work worse if I work on my delivery just no. to prove you wrong. No. <laughs> Actually, maybe that would be good. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. You um, were saying. Oh, yeah. So, so like, <laughs> when, you, when, you're, when you're starting out as, like, a hypnotist, yeah. and subject to, but, but especially hypnotist, you learn... There's all this information that gets sort of cross-referenced by everybody and yeah, taught by sure. everybody, and then everybody kind of repeats it and stuff. So there was so, 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 so many things that I have had to learn, work you, under, work with the model, and then figure out the model was, like, not working for me or not accurate yeah, in, my, in sure. my experience or whatever. The, um, Would you believe it from the start? Yes. Okay. This, okay. Is, this is the thing. Is like This is why, like it's it's hard to like i don't know it's hard to explain but like when you're new to hypnosis you have no idea what sources are quote-unquote legitimate sure sure and even quote-unquote legitimate sources are not guaranteed to be quote-unquote accurate like it's so it's so nuanced and it's so complicated but like for example if you search like the wikipedia article Mm-hmm. gets information from other places and then like pop science articles will reference the wikipedia article or they reference other sources and you see a pop science article that tells you like oh your unconscious is like a five-year-old you have to use simple language or else you know i have is, heard that which which actually which is something that i've heard like no I plenty I of places plenty and plenty of places like that and, and, and you don't know where that came from. No one knows where that came from. Well, I mean, not no one. But, like, at, when you're starting out, yeah. you're not necessarily going to dig through the the citations on an article and then go th- where that source cited from and that source cited yeah. from. Because oftentimes it all comes from, like, one study in the 50s or, you know, one book from sure. the 40s or 70s or something. But, so... I mean, okay, so the, the, I do, I, I, I talked about this on Twitter like last week or something, but the, the whole your unconscious process is like a five-year-old, mm. um, mm. and you have to only use simple language when someone's hypnotized. And I've even, I've even heard, or else you'll break them out of trance. That's a myth. Don't, don't. That's definitely a myth. That's super. Oh, we have I not really, clarified myth. Well, real. I think we've given context But for we've it. given context. Yeah. I like, that's one of my least favorite myths because I think like yeah. I was saying on Twitter like I think you should approach hypnosis like poetry and I think it should be beautiful and I think that if you think of everybody uses the um comparison to like uh, reading a book as trance so like if you're reading a book and it only has simple language you're not going to be very engaged you want books that are that are colorful and 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 engaging and enthralling sure. and stuff and it's I hypnosis is similar and um, when you use language that people have to process in different ways, it causes their brain to do stuff, which is kind of the point. So that's my spiel on that. You like that. brains to do stuff. I, I like brains to do stuff. I also like brains to not do stuff. But that's, but that's using, doing stuff. But that's also doing stuff. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I actually never had that myth. That's the thing. Like, I swear, I came into oh, this. Oh, God, the blank-minded thing. Yeah. But I, I really, I think we're going to have to take a section and just talk about myths that we've heard yeah. um, at some point because yeah. I didn't have a lot like there was a lot of things that I was like told mm-hmm. were myths and I'm like really <laughs> like but to be fair um 
we talk about, oh, I've done this for seven years or whatever. I also mentioned I've had psychology training um, year in college and a, a, a class in, in high school. But yeah. that entire year in college was actually just all psychology right. courses. Um, and But on top of that, I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, so I was just interested in general as well as as classes and so I guess I have that in my favor but the other thing is is I'm also 41 going on 42 soon soon uh, very possibly soon. even when this everybody podcast say comes out. everybody say happy birthday sure. to Cece no, it actually okay. it actually and I think will... I'm gonna be 42 <laughs> um, do my you, math. you will <laughs> take a drink um no you'll be 42 but I know you told me I was forty one the I know. like a week ago. I know. Yep. <laughs> you heard that right. I never know how old I am. Um, it doesn't well, matter. All it right, is just so, not a thing for so me. So you're saying you have psycho you have psychology background and stuff. So Yeah, so maybe I just didn't like believe see some them of as the... yeah. Like I've also just always this is gonna be a little weird sounding possibly, but throughout my life I always questioned everything. Mm-hmm. And the one of the main reasons this is the part that's weird that I questioned everything because I had such a religious background and you know but I mean this is reality sure I had such a religious background that whenever I was taught anything in history or science class in particular Uh, I questioned it right right and so I went back and I looked into sources and so forth on on both sides of religion and and science to to do my own research so I've done that all my life, and I just continue to do it. Um, I never found it to be a bad thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of things they were like, these are myths, and I'm like, oh, I just never occurred to me that that would be real. But yeah, I will tell you about one myth that I did kind of have to come to terms with, which is um, modalities. Oh, modalities. We I knew even you didn't love this one. We even did an episode on modalities, and I don't even know if we got to the point that I wanted to get to about that at that mm. point because I was still my understanding was still evolving, maybe. And then that is also uh, we briefly addressed that in the zine with Gleeful Abandon as well. Mm. But but go ahead, go ahead. So I absolutely felt that um, I was. Um, uh, you know, um, somebody that could only, only learn through auditory and, um, visual. Yeah. And, um, the other ones just weren't kind of an option to the point that I kind of convinced myself fairly young that if it was hands-on, I would actually just really not retain it Mm -hmm. at all. Um, and, so even for you going back to like learning styles and stuff like that, right? So if anything, my psychology training probably hurt a little in that in that um, yeah myth area. Um, and it, it you that's another thing we have to keep in mind is some of this quote unquote science is still like still going, absolutely still evolving, absolutely hundred percent. You know. Um, so it's also very possible when I learned that they're not teaching that anymore, you yeah, know, yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, and for people who are unaware, the, the myth in this case, like put plainly, is that people have a primary modality 
Absolutely. Um, or as and uh, so this comes from NLP. Um, this idea comes from NLP. NLP calls it representational systems, mm-hmm. um, and uh, sort of argues that based, especially you can figure out somebody's primary modality or representational system by um, doing uh, either little tests with them or listening to the way that they talk. And if they yeah. if they say I, I see what you mean or I hear, I hear what, what you mean, you mean. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I feel you or whatever that that sen- quote unquote sensory language yeah implies a kind a correlation with their how they view the world through their senses and stuff like that um and uh in my opinion um this is not super useful yeah because it it causes it there surely are aspects of it that are valid and helpful um uh however i believe that it does kind of paint you into a corner because mm. um trying to assign a sensory output or input to something is incredibly reductive obviously mm-hmm. we experience with all of our senses everything we experience everything with all of our senses unless in very rare cases something is is strictly a single yeah. sense but even if you are looking at a picture of something you may have a kind of auditory or kinesthetic response to it based on your gut feelings about the picture. If it's a, if it's a picture of like, um, you know, you and a friend, like an old memory or something that's going to do stuff in your head about how you recall that you're going to have an immediate reaction that you might have not, not like exact replication of your kinesthetic sense of that, but, but you might feel something in your body. You might, you know, have a whatever. And, and even boiling those kinds of responses down to these, like, three or five categories or whatever, mm-hmm. I think is is not allowing... For me, it doesn't allow me to take full advantage of the response. There's a lot going on. Yeah. I think there's a lot going on um, with everything. And so I think it's more useful to sort of, you know, you can acknowledge that some things might be... Might, you should absolutely acknowledge that we process things through our senses. I think that's really important. Yes. Um, but whether or not, A, somebody is primarily one or the other or processes primarily in one way or the other, not a yeah. huge thing. And B, trying to, like, pigeonhole responses or oh, inductions or whatever, see, also not very useful. Well, and I would say I... I never would have thought that that was a good idea, like to mm-hmm. just entirely only focus on my my ability to process and learn through auditory and visual. But at the same time, and, and you know, as you were talking, actually, I was thinking uh, my my son, who's like 20 now, but he had a psychology book. And I was fascinated with it, of course, right? right? And they talked about modalities, but they just, it was just like briefly kind of mentioned that some people kind of lean more ways, uh, more one way than the other, Mm -hmm. but then just entirely just moved on to learning styles and learning um, how you learn how you remember things and so forth and it was purely just utilizing all the senses and i was like i think i think this is a change yeah um well and and i'm happy with it because it's more of what i'm experiencing right 
Right. Um, and and people have mostly moved away from the idea of that there's learning styles. There have been so many studies that have debunked the idea that, that someone there's has just a, one way a, or the a other. primary learning mm-hmm. style or whatever. Um, and, like, if you think about the context of learning and how learning works, there's so much more going on oh, yeah. than sensory input when it comes oh, to yeah. you, how you learn something. Also that. If you, that was just a section. Right. Absolutely. You know. I think learning is very fascinating. I'm sure we've oh, talked. Oh, I love. Talked before. I loved looking at his book. We were. <laughs> his textbooks. It was so funny. I'm like, can I just borrow this? So like, <laughs> uh, uh, fucking uh, conditioning is, yeah. a, is a form of learning, associative learning and other kinds of learning. When we were, when I was doing a lot of research for the brainwashing book I was like looking at all of these different ways that people learn things and how psychologists have understood how those processes work there's so many of them yeah and um we were kind of you know I remember we were talking about it we were like holy shit this is just hypnosis like hypnosis is how these things work this is a function of how we do trance and shit right very interesting show uh I loved it there was a um I do want to I do want to talk about this more in, in detail um, later, but I saw recently a class with um, uh, someone. Um, the the presenter's name was Undine, uh, and in their class they mentioned um, uh, uh, this concept called idiodynamics, um, which I had not heard of before, except for what's called idiomotor signaling. Okay. Um, which is like a, a sort of older Ericksonian concept. People were talking about it like around that time of um, when you like f- uh, a common example of idiomotor signaling is when you're like holding a, a pendulum. You have the subject hold a pendulum okay. and then you tell them like, okay, think the word yes. And then the pendulum either moves like left and right or in a circle oh, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you assign a meaning to the the motions of of something other like a finger twitch or something like that that's all forms of idiomotor signaling the idea is like you're getting answers from within the person or whatever yeah how much of that is legit i don't really know Mm. like that kind of strikes me as a little sus but (laughs) (laughs) um and um but anyway so idiodynamics I, i looked into it and um it was a, a hypnotist by the name of uh, James Tripp, a, a guy in okay. England, and um, he broke it down. He broke this down into four categories: idiomotor, where things relate to motion of the body; uh-huh. idiomotive, which relates to um, inside feelings; oh, okay. idiocognitive, which relates to like how you think about okay. stuff mm-hmm. and then there was another one and I'm going to look it up um, somehow I'm going to keep talking while I look this up and it's going to be very I mean I do that all the time um, uh, but I actually can't look things up at the same do, do, time do, do, so do, I guess do, do, no do. that's not talking at the same time uh, yeah sorry. you just started doing tunes idiodynamics tunes are well so anyways so those I, can actually be annoying so as I'm as I'm um, looking this up so this came from um the word idiodynamics was like first used in therapy, in like hypnotherapy by uh, what's his face uh, Rossi, who worked with Erickson, who was sort of Erickson's right hand man, and he did a book that was called Idiodynamics that was basically just about idiomotor stuff. But James Tripp, um, uh, 
broke it down broke it broke it down and like came up with his own thing so this is like not any like scientific thing or well researched mm. um but i found it to be a way better breakdown of hypnotic response than modality finally got to the point <laughs> i know i'm so sorry <laughs> no 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 jesus just christ um uh it's the last and one. This God, I would assume kind of related more to your experience with yes, hypnosis. With with hypnosis. If there if I if I had to break down if I had to break down um hypnosis into uh like hypnotic responses into categories. Yeah. This fit a lot better for me than breaking it down into the senses because the senses is very limited when you think about the range yes. of hypnotic response yes. that you have. I actually I'm I'm loving this information. Right. Isn't it great? So on, so we it. have mind, uh physical body, we have inside, like feelings, I guess. Yeah, feelings. Um and then hang and on. we're I'm, waiting on the fourth. I'm getting, I'm getting there. Good lord, I made a Twitter post about I, this. I swear it's here somewhere. I have to scroll through all my fucking porn. Uh, here we go. And all the yaoi and... I don't actually have yaoi on my Twitter. Thank god. Mm. Uh, There's a gymnast show coming and, out. And you're... you are girl will probably have you it are going. Soon. You are going to kick me for what the last one is. It's idiosensory and it is the, the oh, sensory responses. <laughs> So of course it is. Because really, of course they count. That's right? embarrassing as hell. Because they do count. Of, of course. course they count. Oh well, that Absolutely. I mean I could so kick myself, so those right? so so idiosensory, idiomotor, uh, idiocognitive, and idiomotive. The four are, are what James James Tripp sort of put out this sort of model. I will link to the paper. Well, it's not really a paper. The like article that he wrote that included this because. Um, his whole shtick is that... Everybody has to close their ears. Okay. That is wine. It is not pee. I just want to make that clear. Um, no, we're doing ASMR. So that so James so James Tripp's whole shtick is that uh, hypnosis, when he was learning hypnosis, his, his the myth that he had to bust for himself was that everybody said that hypnosis nece- like necessarily involved a trance state. And in his experience, that was not the case. Oh, which is which we, oh we my god! Also Did you see with. that? Did you see that? That's that beautiful. Path, That's that two minutes. Segue? Look at you! Look at you! Just strolling around. So, anyways, he writes. Along even. He he writes a lot about that of <laughs> like hypnosis that doesn't involve trance, which I think is very important. And um, also and another also a big big deal for people when they kind of have to come to terms with the idea that like. There's this broad idea of hypnosis, and then there's also this idea of an altered state of trance, and those two are not yeah. always the same or need each so other. Was that a myth? Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you have to get over that? That's a great question. Yes, I did. Um, Thank you. I ask great questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Fuck. Um, no, I totally did because I thought, and I also had the thing where, like, that was all connected to the idea of like, oh, I don't feel like I'm in trance, therefore hypnosis isn't working. So that's the one we were trying to think of. Oh, really? Yes, and me. Oh, you okay? Well, how many people are you? I must said my hybrid mind, which <laughs> I meant to say. <laughs> um. Oh, sorry. I had to count to four on my fingers multiple times, so I had to drink more. Yeah. Um. So yeah. What? Oh, 
You're you're drunk what now. What trance feels like? What trance feels like? That's right. Or are you in trance? All right, right. Like you're fighting yourself. Right. And, and in the whole, actually, I'm going through like three different mess right in a row. That's fine. Well, the, they're, they're all connected. connected. They're all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, sorry. Sleeping girl. Dog on it. Well, Has what haven't seen I seen? That yet. Uh, Dirk Gently. Oh, yeah. I don't, which I don't is all about is. connections. Are we going to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen? <laughs> no. And I told you I didn't see any reason to bring that up. And I still you just, don't. You just brought up Dirk Gently. <laughs> It had a purpose. Everything's connected. That's the point. Well, Jujutsu Kaisen's an anime. I don't think it's very good. I think it's okay. Anyways, what were you gonna say, CC? I thought we talked about that. We oh, we did say we could bring that one up. That's yeah, right. yeah. Right. That was on the list of what right. we could bring up. Right. Anyways, what were you gonna say? This myth that's connected to other myths about how trans feels and and wondering if you're in trance so also just being in your head right like that's a bad thing Mm -hmm. being in your head's not a bad thing turns out um or if you're if you have an inner monologue that's happening that's fine that's fine yeah that's fine all sorts of stuff um it doesn't get in the way of amazing things happening right um, absolutely when it comes to hypnosis and trance and that's like now i'm separating them out and i should i think everybody should yeah actually um, I don't know if that's in the myth category per se, because I don't think we have enough information to call it a myth versus fact. Um, and I feel well, like I if mean, you're saying something's not a, or if it is a myth, well, it's a myth because people. Then it's a fact. Well, it's a myth because people have that experience all the time, and it's totally fine with hypnosis. Yes. So okay, that's why. Okay, that's fair. But don't necessarily know what the other side is exactly. Well. I mean, like... Just not that. A lot of people really struggle with hypnosis at first because they have this expectation that it's going to have... It's going to change the way that they think, which it can, but it's going to change the way that they think in, like, a very specific way where they think less or they have the... They have sure. It, they perceive... Now you're talking about blank. They perceive themselves More thinking so less. Yeah, they? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's what a lot of people, like, struggle with is they yeah. think... A, it's going to feel very distinct, and B, it's going to feel very distinct in a particular way that they like. Have there's expectations no thoughts whatsoever. About. Either no thoughts, or less thoughts, or different yeah. thoughts, or yeah, everybody yeah, yeah, has yeah, these yeah. different expectations and stuff. And that's just not my case. Yeah. Um, my brain talks to me constantly. Whatever right. it right. just does. Right. It's a little. It's a little chatterbox. If you think I'm talkative out here, you guys have no idea. It just constantly chatters yeah. in my head. There's also um, <laughs> a, a cool trick that you can do. I mean, A, it's great to, to let people know that if they're, if they still have an inner monologue, that's normal. Um, and if usually what's happening, if it's getting in the way, is they're constantly checking it like yeah. to see like, oh, am I in trance? Am I in trance? Or at least for a lot of people, that's kind of the experience. Or like they're, they're making these constant evaluations of like, is this working or does this match up with my expectations or stuff like either they're doing this yeah on a conscious level or like they're not aware of it unconscious or whatever um uh, there's a fun thing you can do with people where you like hypnotize their head voice that's fun so that's that's just a fun trick that you can 
that you can kind Have of... Have we ever done that? I don't think we've ever I've done that. We've danced, changed my voice. I've, da- I've danced around with it. I've done stuff like controlling your head voice and, and stuff before. Mm. Um, but that can be pretty powerful for people. But also, I it's, can see that. But also it's really good to just reinforce that, like... They, they can totally have a normal inner monologue at the same time as being super deep in trance, yeah. you know? Yeah. But no, yeah. I mean, I've even had my, like, inner monologue totally just, like, tell me to just focus on that voice or something like that. Yeah. Like, in the sense of, like, it's just... Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. yeah. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. Also... When it comes to feeling what trans feels like, just accept, like, and this is so much easier said than done. Like, right. honestly, right. I hate to say this, but it's kind of one of those. You'll know it when you feel it. Oh, I disagree. I 100% disagree. Do you totally disagree? Yeah, I think that most people don't know when they're in trans. They don't know when they well, feel it. Well, I mean, it. I that's never the, know it that's, first, That's right? the problem. Well, I don't know. I think a lot of people really struggle, like, because it doesn't match up with their expectations, so they're not aware of the fact that they're in trance. Yeah. So the first thing, like, uh, I was talking about this recently, I don't remember, uh, but, like, when I'm on the rare occasion that I'm hypnotizing someone who's inexperienced, I go the route of immediately getting them to sort of, like understand that they are in trance and yeah. then like look for signs that they are mm-hmm. within themselves mm-hmm. That, like mm-hmm. r- regardless of whether or not it matches up with their expectation like just proving to somebody like you are you look, are actually in trance I promise right now. you know yeah. and and being able to be aware of your own responses and the things that that change for you is super key to to getting good as a subject and, and you know having good experiences I would have to say this I would totally go with so this is all about my personal experience, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's all this is right now in this moment. But I would say, I, like, questioned I was in trance. I questioned I was in trance. I questioned I was in trance. And then I had a moment where I definitely, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what yeah. it feels like. And then I can tell you from that day on. Yes. You know what I well, mean? That's so that's what I mean by, you'll, like... I almost had to have whatever that experience was yeah. as the, well, oh, this is my, this is my sign. And that's what, whatever. well, that's why when I do those trances with people, that's exactly what I am doing is trying to facilitate that moment. You're actually just trying to make that moment happen yeah, quicker. Yeah, as soon as possible because yes, it can, and that's ideal, it can right? be frustrating. It can be absolutely it frustrating. It can be frustrating. So, yeah. Anyways. I mean, I went through, I went through, it felt like for like a long time yeah. or whatever of, yeah questioning it and I remember I talked to you about it but I do remember the first moment mm-hmm. we were outside and I almost fell over right <laughs> oddly enough <coughs> excuse me one of your first times was one of my fell over I know too. right right isn't that weird that's and hilarious and I'm not a floppy person like I'm not well right that's um, so fucking funny it w- uh. I don't think that would have anything well, it's Write it's, in the it's comments just if your first time was when you were falling over, maybe it wasn't we even my first. It wasn't this. even my first like oh I'm no, hypnotized no, no, no. thing, but it was like a it was a big it's it was it's, a big moment. It's for convincing you. as shit when your body is doing something dangerous that you don't have control over, and you're like holy fair. shit I'm hypnotized. Fair. Like <laughs> that's fair. Mine was also right after a con. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was a big weekend. I mean, they're all it was big a weekends, really, but. Um, but what was the other thing I was going to say? 
almost falling over and um oh I don't remember well let's I'm gonna we're gonna take a little break and then do some trance because we're hitting an hour at this point so wow we gotta do the thing then we'll talk about it and maybe you have some maybe it comes to you while we're whatever anyways all right all right so now we're gonna do trance because it's like part of the podcast and then we'll i think it's hot and it's hot and we'll talk about it afterwards and i really have no idea what i'm gonna do so (laughs) well it's like i try to do like themed stuff right based on the podcast you do everything about i'll do everything based on the minutes (laughs) i'll talk to you like your brain is a five-year-old Oh, please, let's not do that. I won't do that. Oh, you're going to do all the myths? Yeah, no, So I'm we not. can debunk them? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Oh, you could talk to it like a normal voice, and then and then that would debunk it. Well, right? that's every, every trance I've ever done, so <laughs> that will happen. Could you all the modalities. <laughs> Anyways, let's, let's do some trance, so... Why don't you just kind of like take the moment and sort of run with it and have the experience of like where we're in this space and we're in this space together and we're on the bed and we've got the microphone set up and we're looking at each other and like so many, many times before. So all of it is sort of anchored into you of like what is going to happen and what's already happening in your head and the places that you're going and already there's that like glassiness in your eyes and you've got that sort of softness in your mouth and then you know me talking about the different things that are happening in your face and causes you to sort of scan around for different aspects that are changing about the way that you experience trance and all of that good stuff that tells your brain like oh yeah this is what it feels like this is what's happening that's where I'm going and going and going And so you have that experience where you're just like doing all the motions and going through all the things and you're sort of letting me lead a little bit about sort of hanging on to what I'm saying and your brain is taking that as kind of this instruction kind of thing where you're waiting and you're following as I sort of just lead. It's not so much that you're automatically doing those things, although there are absolutely processes that you're doing automatically that happen when you go into trance, but it's also that those parts of you are doing their own thing and the more conscious side of you is following. And so we have these two separate parts of you and one of them is the part that is doing all of the normal things that it does when it goes into trance And the other part of you is paying attention and focusing on being able to just go deeper and deeper and deeper and taking those easy, easy steps and being able to focus and follow along. And it's such like this cliche hypnosis idea of focusing and following along, but it has this distinct sense. There's this very easy sort of very noticeable and recognizable feeling of what it's like to pay attention in the way that you pay attention and to focus in the way that you focus and to let me be one step ahead of you and for you to just take it and go 
And so when I talk about your eyes, then immediately you shift your eyes. And I talk about your mouth, and you immediately shift your mouth. And I talk about you scanning your body, and you scan your body. And it's just as simple as that. And it becomes this sort of graceful thing where so easily I say something and so easily you respond to it. Very simple. You just listen and pay attention and respond. And the part of you that does all the stuff that it doesn't have to think about just chugs along and puts you into trance. And then the other part of you that is usually thinking and usually conscious goes and follows and goes deep. And obviously we could like separate those parts out and we could talk about all the little intricacies of each of those parts, the part of you that is unconsciously sort of going in little circles in your head maybe that you weren't even aware of until I mentioned it because again, the part of you that's following goes along with what I say. And then of course there's like your head voice for example. And I was sort of pre-framing a little bit earlier when we were talking about how I could hypnotize the voice in your head. And I wonder a little bit about what the voice in your head is saying at this point, or even how much you were focusing on it until I told you and talked about it. And the part of you that follows was just sort of dutifully like, oh yeah, there is that voice in my head. And then you're thinking about what it's saying and how it's narrating. And then the, the voice in your head that is sort of always narrating things to you, you're always talking to yourself sort of pauses for a moment and shifts its attention over to me and that's a very distinct thing and then it becomes another part of you that is sort of enthralled and wants to listen and wants to hear more and so it has these aspects of you know it's sort of still talking a little bit but also getting bigger pauses between things because it's really interested. It really wants to know what I'm saying. It really wants to follow along, just like the rest of you. I wonder if there's a part of it that like even gets jealous that the rest of you is so good at following and then like it is not necessarily following as much all the time, but being given the opportunity to be able to follow in the way that the rest of you follows me sounds really, really good. And so it really, really wants to follow. It really, really wants to give me room to talk. It really, really wants to be able to be a little bit quiet and also just listen and hear the words because they're such good words. Every single thing that I say is something that you've been trained and conditioned to listen to in a really particular way that is so like, oh my god, it's so good. Oh my god, it's so right. I just want to hear more and more and more. And it's very intense. And then like, all of the parts of you, even the parts of you that are doing unconscious automatic things shift over to me. The conscious part of you shifts over to me. Your head voice shifts over to me and then it's just so intense and it's so much and it's such a big, big response. Such a big, big thing and I can see all of it in your face, all of it in your eyes and your body and the tiny motions and everything. And just hold that for a moment And then you know what's going to happen when I touch. And let it all go. That's right. Deep, 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 deep. And then coming back up. <laughs> Hi. So. <laughs> Uh, I felt like I kind of had to, had to go there.
So, uh, we've been doing the thing where we, like, de debrief and decompress afterwards. You look a little fucky. I can talk. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. What it, what it was I doing? I mean, some of it I was... I have no idea what I just did. So, that's cool. It's you were cool. Talking, I don't remember about it. You were talking to my head voice. I was. That was the, like, last part of it. What was that experience like for you? Uh, that worked. <laughs> I had to go back to that myth. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's why it's like... Did you just want to screw with me saying yeah. that it was debunked? No, uh, but but that's the thing about myths is that a lot of things that you learn can be accurate in certain models, and it just depends on what model and, and perspective you're using of whether or not something is, like, quote-unquote effective or not. Obviously, that's very effective. Obviously, the other chance we do is very effective. Right. It's all fine. It like so I said, that's just a fun trick that you can do with people. It was different. Yeah. And you tried to make them jealous of each other? Yeah. <laughs> that was mean. I know. Uh, it wasn't fighting. Um... However, yeah, I don't know how else to explain it, but head voice was taking over, like, in the sense of, like, mm -hmm. it was at the forefront. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense because it's the head voice, but... <laughs> it was very focused. It was so focused. I mean, I talked for you, talked for at you for like ten minutes about focus. Right. <laughs> so maybe that's the word that's yeah. coming to mind for a reason. For reasons. Um. That's another thing. Like it was. It was good. It was. It was. It was definitely a different experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Speaking. highly recommend yeah no i think that's a super fun trick to do with people and like you can like basically people can like person you you kind of personify your inner head Ish. voice but not Ish. not extremely but like a lot of people at least to the degree that they kind of separate it out from yeah themselves a little bit so you can talk i do more than some people yeah i definitely do more than everybody some has sort of a different relationship with how they experience that sense of inner thinking or monologue or whatever yeah. so like knowing about how somebody feels about it is cool but you can also personify it obviously when you're personifying things you have to be a little careful but like um but but talking about like different parts of a person is a fun way to like play around with stuff you mm -hmm. know um the it's funny you were talking about like using using my words after we do trance like a it's not so much a myth, but I hear a lot that um, you should listen very carefully to your subject talking and sort of um, reflect their language back at them, especially oh, yeah, when it comes yeah, to hot yeah. stuff. And I think that's super useful. Um, uh, so definitely do that to some degree, but also um, keep in mind that if you if you use a lot of words as a hypnotist to your subject, your subject will reflect those back at you. So it's not, yeah. there's, it's like a two way street kind of thing. And also like nobody wants to, you don't super want to sound like a parrot. I don't super want to sound like a parrot anyways. 
Um, I sometimes super sound like you a do sound like afterwards. a parrot, and then that's hot. So. <laughs> okay. Um, but there's no there's no real rules about that. It's just um, those are just things that I was thinking about. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. Good. That was, that was a yeah. fun. That was a fun podcast. That was good. Yeah. I so liked, I liked that. Um, as always, um, thanks everybody for supporting us in whatever way you support us, whether it's just listening to a podcast, following us on social media, or um, you know, uh, um, pledging our Patreon. That's awesome. Um, I have educational writings that I do through Patreon. We do after hours through Patreon, which usually drop a little after the podcast. We have a couple to do. Um, uh, I will put links in the description for the James Tripp article as well as the myths and misconceptions zine that Gleeful Ben and I did. Um, we have a Discord server if you want to join that. And yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think, think we're good. We, I don't think we have anything else we have to say. Yeah. But we're going to do it after hours later. Yeah, but, we yeah. are. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you later. Good night. night.